Welcome to the Dash Mindset Podcast. I'm Sherry Ziedenbergen. You were born, you're gonna die, and your adventure is your dash in between. So make the most of it. Unlock your potential in all aspects of your dash by embracing your uniqueness and living in a way that's authentic to you. Not by doing more things, but by focusing on the right things. I'm a former corporate leader turned coach who's on my own journey, and I'm passionate about helping you on your journey too. So on the podcast, we'll explore how to live authentically by deciphering who you truly are and what you truly want. Are you ready to take a step toward designing your dash? Someday doesn't actually exist. So let's do it now. Welcome back to the Dash Mindset Podcast for part two of my discussion with my friend and professional nomad, Derek Barron, aka Wandering Earl. Derek has been traveling the world since 1999, and in this episode, we cover lots of topics, including his half-assed kidnapping in Bangladesh, and just to be clear, he was the one kidnapped, and spoiler alert, he survived, and his return to the States, living here for the first time since 1999. So join me now for my fun conversation with Derek. All right. Now, okay. So Derek, continuing our conversation. Okay. So we talked about the fact that not everyone is really meant to travel. Traveling isn't for everyone and not Mm -hmm. necessarily even just travel, but traveling to particular places, even Mm -hmm. though we, a lot of times we have in our head, okay, yeah, I don't want to go to Iraq because it's unsafe based on what I've seen in the media. I do want to go to I don't know, Paris, because in all the movies I've seen, it seems super romantic and easy to get around. So have there been um, experiences with people on any of your trips where you just think, oh, uh, yeah, this probably wasn't meant for you. This particular trip wasn't meant for you, or maybe travel isn't meant for you, or just any experiences you've had with anyone where you just think, uh, yeah, you're, maybe you should be in a different place or just stay home. Yeah. I mean, there are obviously (laughs) situations where, you know, maybe people want to be a little more adventurous than they can be, or, or maybe a trip is a bit longer than, you know, maybe it's a little bit wears them down a little bit more than, than they had expected. Um, things like that, um, or just you know somebody who hasn't traveled for a long time and tra- then travels, and obviously you you remember all the positive stuff, but then there is even just the flight over. If you fly into somewhere, you know if it's an 18, 20 hour journey, just that alone can uh, knock people back uh, just to begin with, and then it just kind of snowballs from there. So there's definitely situations where that stuff happens, and I think uh, yeah, people can be surprised that. Uh, yeah, travel is not just always perfect and easy. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember in Romania, like I love seeing all the cathedrals and the, you know, all the mm-hmm. things. But I remember by the end, because we were there for, was it two weeks probably? Because yep. um, all of your trips are generally about two weeks at least, right? Uh, we've switched it up now. So we do have like the minimum is about 10 days now. So okay. we do a, okay. like 10 to 14 is most most trips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and not just Romania, but there have been a number of trips I've been on where I'm just like, okay, I don't want to see another cathedral because at first yeah. it's like so. Oh my gosh, I want to hear everything about this, and I want to I want to take all the pictures. You wouldn't take a picture, but I yeah. would take all the pictures. And by the end, it's take like, one. oh, that looks nice. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just one thing I think that people probably is like, oh wait, that doesn't mean you don't like to travel. It just means. 
Totally. And I guess that's yeah. also part of the style that we do is like, we kind of try and pay attention to that. So if somebody's just like, I'm out, like I, the history part, or for example, I don't want to do anymore. If they have another interest, we'll arrange it for them so that they get that I, a style, you know? So we, we're always constantly trying to do that because we do understand that it is still hard when you get a group of people, not everybody's going to be a hundred percent on the same page wanting to do and see the same stuff. So we always have extra guides, always extra drivers now, and just extra people around in case people want to do something different. And we want them to have the experience that they want to have and not just be forced to go see another cathedral if that's on the agenda that day. But uh, yeah, so that, that's kind of the idea is everybody can have the experience they want. And I never see, felt forced to see another cathedral in Romania, by the way. I'll just throw that out there. But that's what I love too. Like you are really good about, there was, we packed so much in, but it wasn't exhausting. It wasn't just go, 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 but we packed mm-hmm. so much in, in a very, it, it was like a, a very slow way, but we packed a ton in, but we could also do whatever we wanted some days. And it's just like, but at the end, I'm like, how did we do all that? But you're just so good at that. At just, we're out. constantly just rearranging behind the scenes, to be honest, because we're paying attention to if everybody's feeling a little bit tired or wants some free time, needs, needs some time away from the rest of the group, things like this. So we're just paying attention and we just in the back, we're just readjusting and, and rearranging activities so that, uh, when it seems like the right moment, we can do more. And when it seems like a moment where everybody needs some time, then we have, we have that in. So it's just, it's just paying attention. Like it's just paying attention and, and, and making some adjustments and uh, yeah, to make sure that we have the best flow possible is the, is the idea. And you realize that's the strength of yours. That's not natural for everybody. Right. Derek. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> some people I enjoy know, it. I mean, right, I enjoy going... it. It's like a puzzle. I enjoy it. I yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah. Some people would say, okay, we're going to the 120th cathedral. Let's go. Come on. We need to be in the bus in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that, well, that's, that was the knowledge that I had before that I was like, well, if we're going to do this, these tours, it's going to have to be different. So. Right. Yeah. Okay. So Matt and I have gone to Romania separately. Matt just went to Iraq with you. Um, he went to Kyrgyzstan and Kyrgyzstan. Uzbekistan. Yeah. And that was one of those places where I said, yeah, I don't know anything about those countries you go. And then he and I went together on one of your trips and Masha was our guide there. Yep. So you have, you have other guides as well. You created all these relationships and have these other guides and, yep. and Masha is amazing. She, um, cool, yeah. <laughs> so you're not just randomly calling people in Kyrgyzstan and saying, Hey, can you do this tour? You build relationships yeah. with these people and make sure they're legit. Yeah, no, no, we would, we would cancel a tour before if something like if we didn't have the right, the right person to lead the tour. So, I mean, we have now people that are experts in certain regions and really know the places as well, if not even better than I do. Um, it just to, to be able to ensure that on every trip we can have these spontaneous local experiences as you experience with Masha. She's tremendous, obviously, with that stuff. And uh yeah, so I mean that's that's the key. If we can't offer that, then we're not gonna offer it. Like that's mm-hmm. simple as that. So I don't tell everyone they should go on your tours because I really do think that some like there are some friends that I just think, oh that would mm, no, no, they <laughs> really right. should go. Yeah. But if anyone's in, in, interested in adventuresome travel and local unique tours, they should they should go with you. Cool. No, I appreciate that. Okay, I appreciate so, that very much. Um, let me see. I have lots of questions here. Um, oh, oh, my goodness. Okay, so tell us about when you were kidnapped in Bangladesh. 
Well, first of all, let me start by saying a lot of people I've talked to. Um, okay, for instance, I was out uh, with a friend once who we were chatting with the waitress. The waitress said she was going to be backpacking and she was going to go around. And she said that a number of her and I said, oh, I was so excited for it. And I said, that's amazing. And she said that a lot of her friends said, oh my gosh, what if you get kidnapped? What if you're attacked by coyotes? What if you're like all this stuff? And I don't, I haven't seen a lot of coyote attacks in the media for anywhere, but somebody came up with this. So it is a fear, I think, of a lot of people that bad things happen when they're in unfamiliar countries. So it's just the unknown. It's going into the unknown. It's just you unknown. Yeah. And our brains want to be certain and yeah. there's no certainty in life other yeah. than we're going to die at some point. So, um, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have you tell about the kidnapping, but still you, but I mean, it's, I mean, it ended up being a great, a, a great story because you're still here to tell it. And it's not like that happens all the time and you've gotten kidnapped multiple times. So I'd love for you to tell the story. First, it doesn't happen often. I also have a particular style of travel that I will go almost anywhere. I mean, even in those days, I was also going, I was backpacking around Afghanistan and I backpacked around Yemen and Syria and you know, Pakistan, uh, you know, a bit. Uh, I mean, so it's not, so I've, I've gone to places where stuff can definitely have or a higher chance of things happening. And if the worst thing that happened was this half-assed kidnapping that uh, these people, yes, luckily they were amateurs. Let's put it that way. So it was a, it was a very amateur kidnapping. I am here to tell the story. No weapons involved, but I did. Uh, that was the, that was probably the time where I, I gave up on the lonely planet because I, I had flown from Bangkok to Dhaka, Bangladesh. And if you read the lonely planet, it said, if your flight arrives after sunset, do not leave the airport until sunrise the next morning. So I was like, well, that seems, that seems ridiculous. And my flight did arrive at about midnight or so. And I just walked towards the exit and military guy let me outside. I was like, okay. And it was just this like pitch black parking lot and all these taxi drivers came running up and crowded around me all trying to get me to go with them. I don't know what was going on. I picked the one guy that spoke English. He took me over to a car on the far end of the parking lot. Next thing I know, they get me into the back seat and like five of them get in the car as well. I was like, okay, odd style of taxi. <laughs> and then the kidnapping Are began. The fair? What's happening here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the fair started when they pulled over to get petrol, I had to fill up the, the tank with gas and made me pay for the whole thing. I was like, well, okay, another awkward custom, but what do I know? First time in Bangladesh. And then uh, I asked, them, I was like, so you know where this hotel is that I told them? They're like, oh, we're not taking you there. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's going to be good. And then um, we pulled into this really large slum area on the outskirts of Dhaka and um, make a long story short, they basically, they kept me, they knocked on this like metal gate. It rose up a little bit. We went under and I ended up being locked in a room uh, for that first night. And um, they proceeded for the next three nights to, they kept me in two different places and they basically just wanted money. And they would take me to ATMs every day, like many ATMs to take out money. And I just kept sticking in my card and typing the wrong pin number and be like, it doesn't work here either. It was the weirdest thing. I mean, they did have, like, I didn't know what was going to happen. So they didn't take like my camera. They didn't take the stuff. In the end, I ended up paying like $200, like some of the cash that I had on me. And, um, they just kept taking me around and they brought me to this other building. I was in this other like concrete room and, um, at one point we went back out to the ATMs 
Again, surprise, surprise, didn't work. We got back and said, we're taking you somewhere else. And they were like, go get your stuff and come back down. So I went up to the second floor. I grabbed my backpack and I noticed at the end of the hall was like a fire exit kind of door. And I just literally ran out there, ran out the door down these like metal steps. And I got into a rickshaw and uh, like a tuk-tuk thing and had them take me to the hotel I wanted to go to <laughs> three days before. And uh, then I started my bed. It turned out to be a very nice Bangladesh trip after that. But uh, it was an interesting situation. Let's put it that way. So I'm thinking, okay, so you were in a in a getaway tuk-tuk? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that had to be a little unsettling because it's not like those go super fast. <laughs> they don't go super fast. Luckily, I had, I had some time because they didn't know. Like, it probably took them three, four minutes so they realized I wasn't coming back down. Right. So... Yeah, it wasn't super fast, but luckily this is Dhaka, Bangladesh. It is the most densely populated right. city and country on the planet. So you really have to go three feet and you're gone. <laughs> yeah. So, and so they would just take you to multiple ATMs and say, oh, well, I guess this one kept just demanding work. money. Like they were just like Western Union. You need to get Western Union. I was like, I'm not getting Western Union. I was like, I don't have anybody to send me money. Like nobody's sending me money. And and like they weren't, they didn't have weapons, but they would just keep me locked in this room, like in between outings. And at one point, I remember like the guy who spoke some English, the leader. He came in to my room, and he he was with a new guy who I hadn't seen before. And he's like, "You need to give me a hundred dollars and him a hundred dollars." And I was just like, "Okay, I understand why you want a hundred dollars, but why would I give this guy a hundred dollars? Who's he? He just showed up now." And then they would speak to me. He would speak to me in English, and I would pretend not to speak. I don't know. I would just mess with them because once I realized that they didn't know what they were doing and they would just keep me locked up, but they didn't have weapons. They didn't, they didn't even take my backpack. And I feel like that would be the first step. Just take my stuff. It might, there might be something of value, um, but they didn't. So then I was just like, there, there'll be a time where I can just get out of this. Um, I think they just saw an opportunity. They thought it was going to go much faster. I'm pretty sure that first night it was one, you know, I get out of the, after midnight out of the uh, airport, they probably figured we got this guy, like we're going to bring him to this crazy neighborhood where he's going to be like, he's not going anywhere on his own. He's going to keep him locked up. And the next day we're just going to take him to ATM. He'll take out his money, give it to us. And off we go. I'm sure that was what they originally had intended. They thought you were some rich American based on what they had seen on the media. And they didn't know you were wandering Earl. They didn't know that you could figure out your way around Bangladesh on your own. Well, I mean, I feel like they should, if they want to get it done, they should probably have like one weapon, at least threaten <laughs> a little bit. I mean, it wasn't really, these were like, you know, some scrawny guys. I was like, well, well <laughs> I have zero incentive to give you money right now. <laughs> so oh my gosh. We'll just go with this and see how it plays out. So do you think that people should be concerned about getting kidnapped if they go to an unfamiliar country? No, it's ridiculous. Like, that doesn't, like, no, no, I can tell you this. No kidnap, no, no, most of the problems that happen, I can't tell you how many times I get emails from people like, I don't understand why you like, they'll be like Romania. Someone will say, I don't understand how you like Romania. I just had all my stuff stolen, was beaten up, you know, the other day. Like, I don't understand why you like this country, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll be like, okay, I already know how it's going to go. Okay, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. What happened? Well, yeah, you know, I got beat up and blah, blah, blah. It was... I was out at the bar all night and it was two o'clock in the morning and like, uh, well, this guy was yelling. So I was yelling back, you know, it always ends oh, up being some, like, something that would literally happen absolutely anywhere and not some innocent thing where just some random 
right. negative situation just magically appeared upon a foreigner. Right. I mean, yes, pickpocketing happens, scams happen, sure. Like, okay, that's fine. Um, but we get ripped off buying cars. I mean, it's not like in our own country. I mean, it's like, it's not it's like nobody really... By, by the phone company. I mean, yeah, that's more than the, yeah, that's more than the $2 I get ripped off when I go somewhere else. I mean, I'll, like it's actually not that big. Somehow it just gets, everything gets blown out of proportion a bit, I think, when it comes to travel because it's unknown and it's just, it's easier to label something that we don't know like in a, in a negative way. Right. So One thing that um, I think... Uh, a lot of people, well, I think we kind of romanticize travel to some extent. And I think in general, people think it's going to be far more expensive than it actually is if mm-hmm. we have a true desire to travel. Because you had the desire to travel. You had $1,500. Yeah. Now, okay, your sleeping conditions were less than ideal for a dollar a night, right? But I I, I think that, um, well, I know that a lot of times people don't really know how much it's going to cost when really you can live a lot easier and a lot less in less expensively in other countries a lot of the time. Oh, for sure. For sure. Especially if you plan properly. And I think also part of it comes with the focus, right? So it depends on what you're trying to get out of travel. Like if you just want to hit all the spots and get those Instagram photos and yeah, you're going to be bouncing around like crazy and you're going to have to, it's going to cost. I mean, cause you're going to yeah. you need to do all that stuff. But if you're really going for a proper genuine travel experience um, to really understand a place, I mean, it does not have to be expensive. I mean, there's a reason why, I mean, the like the 50 plus US crowd is one of the fastest growing, you know, migrate, migratory segments, uh, you know, anywhere like that. I mean, how many people are looking to, to move to, you know, Mexico, mm-hmm. Guatemala, Portugal, Spain, whatever, um, because people are realizing you can actually have quite a remarkable quality of life and standard of life for, uh, a significantly less amount of money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When uh, so I went with Vietnam with uh, Allison actually, um, mm-hmm. who went to Romania with me, and uh, I had I don't know how many massages I got while I were there because they were so incredibly cheap. And then I came back to the states and got one. I'm like, Are you right. kidding me? You're told this is what a ripoff. This is how much yeah. I'm going to spend for 60 minutes. This is I can yeah. get it for like five bucks in Vietnam. Yeah. So and that's what, that's what brings people to all these places now because it's at some point you're kind of like, huh, that's it's interesting. Like, what is the reason why I'm not there? Okay, it's different. It's unknown. It's not your home country, so there are negative aspects of that, but. You can live quite well in, uh, in some places that uh, yeah, makes a difference. What would you give as the number one piece of advice to someone who thinks they want to travel mm-hmm. and they have some trepidation about it? Like traveling longer term kind of thing? Or, or just, just even at all. Like some, I, I think, um, I mean, some people have the thought process that, well, I'm going to work now. Mm-hmm. And I'll travel later when I'm retired or when I have the money to yeah. travel the world or whatever. Um, what What are your thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, it's a tricky one. I, I It's a pretty hard to break that mindset, I think, because it is so prevalent, especially in the U.S. Like it's so prevalent that that's, that's the pattern. Like that's the pattern that you do. However, I do think if you do a little more research now, you'll find that it's that's getting broken up quite a bit because uh, quite quite a bit. Um, because I think what happens is when we think of travel, we think of it in, we tend to think of it in, in just a couple of forms, like whether it's going to move overseas or just 
taking a trip, but there's like a thousand forms, a million forms that you can travel. And the key is to find something that you're comfortable with. Honestly, if it's going away for three days, once every six months to somewhere close by, that's still travel. Let's still start with that. Start with something. Like it doesn't matter. Like I, I feel like there's all this pressure. You take some grand trip. You gotta has to be this thing. Forget about the pressure. Like it's literally the point of travel is for the traveler. You know, so that it should be something that they want to do, that they're comfortable with. You know, what's what's why do they like to travel? What do they want to get from it? You know, that's the kind of stuff. And and, and just focus on themselves. It's very hard these days, obviously, to do that because you get so much input on social media and everywhere about what everybody else is doing. And it sounds like it's the best thing in the world. But I think that's the key is just just do what you're comfortable with. And if you think you might want to travel and you're kind of waiting until later in life, Maybe take a trip and just see what it is and go to a place, maybe go to a Lisbon where you can find a Facebook group of other foreigners who are actually living there and connect with people and go hang out with them for a night and just hear what they have to say. I mean, I really, is so many opportunities like this now where you can connect with people when you, when you travel that, um, just start small. Like, there's just no, there shouldn't be any pressure whatsoever. And, um, yeah, find people who are already doing it so that you can get some advice and understand how to keep costs low, how to maybe figure it out into your work schedule. You know, I, I mean, there's people now, there's so many more people doing it that there's a lot more answers out there and a lot more advice that would help anyone get started at, in, in any form. One thing that I would say that has been helpful for me, obviously my travel has far more limited than yours has been, but is to have kind of a, a expectation setting before you go on a trip. So for instance, like when I traveled with my friend Allison, I hadn't traveled with her before, but I was very open about the fact that, hey, I don't need to be together all the time. I think sometimes people have this thought that, oh, I'm going to have to be with whomever I go with all the yeah. time. And so there were times on your trip where, you know, she'd stay at the hotel and I'd go mm -hmm. do whatever or vice versa. And, you know, that's something that Matt and I do too, is it's like, he wants to read every piece of information at a museum. Yeah. I just, I'm okay getting the gist, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Sure. And, and, and if I said we had to be together all the time, I would ruin his museum experience because he wants to read all the things yeah. and I'd be standing there pacing. And so, uh, so that's, I think the biggest piece of advice I give to people, mm -hmm. what, um, what would you say if traveling, okay, how about traveling in a group setting? What would be the biggest piece of advice that you would give someone? Because I think some people probably have some concerns about traveling in a group too, like sure. to be with these people all the time. So what would, what advice would you give about that? I mean, first would be to find a group that, that matches a little more your style. So, I mean, if you're really worried about potentially having to be stuck with a group, quite a bit, then you would probably want to avoid a bigger bus tour where you're that same bus group is going everywhere together. Mm -hmm. Mostly because you have no choice. Like there is no flexibility. So you're just, you have to kind of be with the people. Um, I would say, I mean, I would just say in general, a smaller group is, is good because you generally get people who are kind of happy to do their own thing. Like they don't, they don't want, if it's a small group, it's generally people who don't want to be around 50 people at the same time as well. Right. So, you know, it's just higher chance of people being on the same page. And with a smaller group, it, they tend to be more laid back. Uh, any small group tour like tends to be more laid back where you will have more time to do your own thing and, and duck out if you need, like, it's okay if you miss something and, and, um, yeah, you can, you can build in your own time if, uh, if you need, and then 
I feel like it's also more intimate. So you get to know people a little bit better. So there's also a higher chance you'll connect with people because if you're with 50 people, I mean, by the end of the tour, you're going to maybe know eight people's names and the rest you didn't even talk to. So with a small group, you'll talk to people and sure, if you, maybe you'll connect with some, some good people. Otherwise, you have that flexibility to, to do more of what, what you want. That's a good point that I don't think I'd really thought through. On a smaller trip, you're going to be around people who want to be in a smaller group. And yeah. so it's just kind of that uh, you have some similarities in that in that way. Yeah, and you want different experience because if you just want a general overall sightseeing experience, yeah. you're not going to be on a small group tour. So it's it's and it's obviously just one little thing, but anything to create some common ground amongst the yeah. group, it, it helps. Yeah, it definitely helps. Okay, so you have been to over 130 countries on six continents, right? Yeah. And so I looked on your site, I noticed this might not even be true anymore. But you've been everywhere in Europe except for Belarus and Poland. Why have you not been to Poland? I, don't, I have no idea. I have no idea. Like I don't know. So, I don't know. Like I, literally, no zero reason. I've flown through um, Warsaw Airport a few times. I have no idea. It's almost like become a thing where I'm like, I'm just never going to go. You're just, just never going to go to Poland. Like, I mean, nothing against anybody. Poland. I it's just right. totally random. You're not against the Polish. Yeah. No, I was totally kidding. Of course, you're not. But um, because I've been to Poland. So I kind of feel like you need to get on a plane tomorrow, which you can do, right? I could do. I could do. I feel like you should do that. So one of the things I liked about Poland was we went to a salt mine there where they had a, and that's one of the things we did in Romania too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Selena Torda. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a Ferris wheel in the salt mine, right? Yep. Well, I guess you probably feel like, well, I've already done the salt mine. Why do I need to go to Poland? It's on my list. Yeah, no, but I mean, that's, I, I, I would like, I really do want to go. It just yeah. has not worked out. It's okay. just, that's it. Just hasn't well, worked out. I strongly suggest you go. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. I will, I will get that. Maybe not tomorrow. Probably won't be tomorrow. Okay. So now you are back in the States. Mm-hmm. What, how, so what, what are some of the, the factors that, led you to deciding to actually have a place of permanency <laughs> back in the States. And how are you feeling about all that? Uh, that's good questions. Um, I think it was so partly because we're running more tours and I'm, and I'm checking on different things in, in each of the countries. My The pace of my travels has picked up a bit. So I don't necessarily have that same freedom to just stay put somewhere for say three, four months if I need to, as I had before. So it's been it started before COVID, but say post COVID is, and even middle COVID. I think it's since uh, what the heck was that? I guess that was the end of 2020, early 2021. I've pretty much been moving, not like nonstop, as in nonstop. Mm-hmm. So maybe the longest I stayed anywhere was one month, maybe. So I think that just I just got tired. Mm-hmm. I got tired, and I obviously, you know, I've been doing it for a long time. So just reached a point where I feel, I feel the, the travel a little bit more on my body and in my head. And I just realized I need a little bit different pace. I need to somehow have a, have a base, a proper base to yeah, ensure my uh, well-being. So I was thought about all potential bases. And the conclusion I reached was I left right after I graduated university, just a personal random thing. It would be pretty weird if I never tried to live in the, in my home country as a, as an adult, that was my thinking. So I really just, I want to know what it's like. I want to know, am I making the right choice by always being outside? 
Yeah. Um, obviously, I come back and visit family and friends several times per year. But uh, am I? Is there something that I should be doing, like living here? So that was the idea. Just like always, I made a very spontaneous decision about uh, three months ago when I was visiting family. I was like, started looking at apartments here in Raleigh, North Carolina. I was like, you know what? I found what I like. It's like done. And then I left to go overseas. I was overseas for, I think, two months after that. But uh, yeah, and then I eventually came back. And now it's been uh, one month, exactly one month that I've been here. Um, I'm here. <laughs> so how is that? So when I was, I um, we had a communication of some sort and you said you started speaking Romanian one day, right? Because it just feels yeah. so weird to be... I mean, everybody speaks English. You're in the same place every day. Just in general, how does that feel? <laughs> it's very odd and it changes yeah. all the time. Like one minute, I'm like, this is awesome. I'm in like, oh, such a nice rhythm and routine. Like I know where I'm going to sleep. I know where I'm going to eat. Like I have food in a refrigerator. I'm just like, wow, this is great. Like the gym is just here. Like I, I'm like, this is Wow. I work more efficiently because I'm work. I can work from the same place every day, but yeah, it's boring compared to traveling. Like that's the one thing. It's pretty boring, and uh, I know people here. And I guess this is going to be my. This, in all honesty, this will be my issue: is that it will probably take a couple of years to create a community. Mm, yeah. Where what I have in my head is: do I want to commit to that to create a community when I literally have community? say in Lisbon, where a lot of my friends live, or in Mexico, where I know a lot of people, I could just be there tomorrow and I have a community. So right. like, I'm, that's what I'm kind of battling with. Like, So why am I putting in the effort now at this stage of life to create a new community when I do have them already, um, but I do want to see what it's like to live in the US. So that's where I'm at. And so I'm not great about following like, you know, like I said, Matt investigate everything. He knows what's going on everywhere in the world all the time. <laughs> but he did mention that you had some challenges finding a bath mat. What I thought was extraordinary long time to to get a bath mat, but I don't know. Maybe what do I know? Maybe that's the average time. Maybe maybe three weeks <laughs> is the average time to to purchase a bath mat. I don't know. And you've never had a reason to to own a bath mat or to probably even clean a bathroom, have you? That's a good point. I mean, obviously, I am a, I am a bit of a clean, like neat, free okay. kind of person, so I'll, I will keep things clean. But in general, I have not had my own like place to like really maintain and to buy. I bought a fruit basket yesterday. Oh, I don't, even have, any I don't even have any fruit. I was like, but I guess you're supposed to have a fruit basket. So that's what people do, a, right? I have an empty fruit basket. Yeah. <laughs> trying to figure this stuff out so and i also love that it took you a long time three weeks to pick out a bath mat but you can decide that you want to live overseas you know yeah for uh, forever within yeah. like minutes yeah yeah no that's that's actually a very very valid very valid there's a higher chance i would go to poland tomorrow than I buy anything else that i really need for this apartment by like tomorrow. fruit to yeah. put in your new fruit basket yeah yeah. <laughs> I also love that. Okay. So you generally travel with a backpack, which blows me away because like I said, I had this gigantic, you know, suitcase, but what, what kind of stuff do you have in your apartment? Cause you hardly own any stuff. I mean, you have a fruit basket and a bath mat. 
Are you going to buy a bunch of stuff? Or are you going to be kind of like the typical American whose brain swirls with, okay, what kind of a bath mat do I own? What kind of fruit am I going to buy? I think that was the benefit of where at first I was like, wow, I got to get all this stuff. This, it's the U.S. There's so many options. I'll get all this cool stuff. And then by after spending three weeks looking for a bath mat, I was like, <laughs> we're not doing that for anything else. So now I'm kind of like, okay, we're going minimalist style. So... Keeping it simple. I have one suitcase full of stuff that I had bought like on my travels, like stuff that I always just picked up that I would bring back and always had it stored with family. So I do have, I started pulling out some of that random stuff and scattered around here and there. And um, I think that's going to work. I think that's going to work. We're going to keep it quite simple. Uh, yeah. We're do you have a bed do you, or do you sleep up in a mattress on a mattress on the floor? No, no, I have a bed. I need the bed. other bed. Like, that's, that's one thing I was like, I, like that's one of my big, at this point, I'm, I'm like a mattress is like a, a proper bed for me is, I'm very picky about it. So I did get a bed that would be perfect for me. And uh, so I have the bed, um, I have a desk, a sofa, and a bath mat. <laughs> And a basket. Um, So that's funny to me that you're picky about your bed, given that you've slept in hostels just everywhere with like 18 other people. So you've just you reached that point where now you're picky about a bed. It's just that I've reached that point. And I realize that's part of my like taking care of my well-being because I need a good like I just that's part of it. If I'm going to be here and, and try this out, like one of the main things to get into a healthy, good, good rhythm is going to be a good night's sleep. And it will be nice if since I am used to sleeping on all kinds of places, it would be nice to consistently have one that I'm like, this is this is a nice bed to be in. So, OK, so I, that's that's one point that I think is great to, to make about the fact that, OK, you're in your 40s, so it's not like you're elderly but you're still at that point where you're kind of tired from traveling yet so many people decide oh i'm going to travel later in life yeah and one thing that i mean when we were in romania we're going on this hike up to like a dracula's castle right mm-hmm. i mean yeah. it's not like it's osha compliant i mean right. and that was hard that's hard for anyone to do Mm-hmm. Yet we postpone all this stuff until we're well beyond our forties and think, oh, that's when I'm really going to have fun. Yeah, just general think, thoughts on that. Yeah, I think it's just it's also hard. It's hard to start traveling. It it is hard. Like if people are nervous. Uh, you know, you don't know how to do it, where to go. So I think part of it is probably just it's a good procrastination yeah. method to say that we're going to do it later. So I think that's part of it. And which is unfortunate. And some people do travel more when they, when they get older. A lot of people don't just because once they get to that point, they're like, eh, I don't feel like it anymore. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's the unfortunate part. I mean, the only thing I think is that like now, since there are so many more examples, like I said, of people doing traveling, regardless of what they're like, there's people who work nine to five regular every day and are somehow figuring out how to convince their boss to let them go for one month somewhere else just for that one month companies are letting people do that. It's like, there's just, it's just the options are so unlimited right now that uh, if you really want to travel, I, I feel like there's no point to wait now. Like you can, you can do it wherever you are in life right now, because you just need to learn what is, what is the proper best option for you? Like, I mean, cause there are options now that just didn't exist up until very recently. Mm-hmm. And recognizing too, that travel really isn't for everyone. You don't have to yeah. do it just because 
people you no, know. No, totally. If you don't want to travel, don't travel. Like, I mean, that's, that's yeah. the other thing too. There's no, no pressure on that. And there's no pressure to follow. Like the worst thing you can do is follow what somebody else is doing. I mean, yeah. really take some time to figure out what, what do you get from travel, if anything? And what really excites you about travel? Because that's the stuff you need to do. Like you can't just be like, oh, I saw on Instagram, these people went to this place. I really want to go there. Okay. But like, is it really going to give you something or does it just look like a pretty photo? Right. Which was photoshopped anyway. So like, right. you know, <laughs> you know, it, it'd be better to go like, if you really like nature, then don't go to a big city that looks pretty. Like, I mean, you know, really, really focus on what you want because that's, that's really the way that it works. That that's how you get something from it is if you're doing something that's in line with your own style and uh, right. yeah, person. Okay. I have three, three more questions for you. So what, sure. what would you say is your favorite country or your favorite experience overall in your travels? Uh, my favorite experience overall was uh, probably when I went to Socotra Island, uh, a very remote island off the coast of Yemen. It's part of Yemen. Um, back then when I was, when I went, they were getting about 500 tourists per year. And it's, uh, it was a, uh, they call it like Alice in Wonderland because it's so trippy. There's just sand dunes that go hundreds of feet high from like canyons that lead to a white sand dune that goes all the way down to the water to the most incredible beach you've ever seen with colorful marine life everywhere. There's, I mean, just valleys, waterfalls, you just sleep outside. You just, they have areas where you would just lay down outside, um, very zero infrastructure and just really wonderful people. And uh, it's the trees that they have there are these crazy, crazy trees that literally look like you just dropped a bit of acid. And uh, it's like Doctor, I'm picturing like a Doctor Seuss type thing, or like it's like it's like, a, it's like Doctor Seuss mixed with Dolly. With yeah, I mean like yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just like you're just like this cannot be on this planet. Like yeah. this, how did you not know? How did I not know about this? Like how is this? Yeah, yeah. So that that was like. It just has to be seen. There's no, it's just something you cannot imagine. It, like that, that place does not exist in any form anywhere else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what was the name of it again? I hadn't Socotra Island. Socotra Island. I don't think I had even heard of that. Yeah. I mean, it's tiny. 50,000 people live there, uh, but it's pretty remote. So most of them don't, I mean, they're just there. I mean, it's the kind of place I remember the plane we flew there. And now they have flights. Like, I think it's, I think it's once a week there one day one day there one day back that's it like it's just two flights or something but i remember we flew there you get out of the plane you walk right into the thing there was like goats on the luggage carousel i mean it's, it's just remote and uh but really felt it was it was something quite unique yeah that's so cool that's yeah. so cool okay what would you tell a younger version of yourself if you had the option to to go back in time and say okay listen derek here how here's how it's going to go or what, what what piece of advice would you give yourself main piece of advice is try to have some focus or point to your travels as early as possible that would have probably saved me a few years just to figure out what excites you in life why you want to be doing it have some focus and and build your sort of itinerary or your activities that you do around what really excites you and you might not know 100% so that that's the point of travel too to put you into all different circumstances you can learn about yourself but try and just, even if it's something very basic, 
nature. Make sure you go into nature as much, but like really just try and, and work that in. I had to figure that out later that huh, it might be a good idea if I actually had some points to some of these trips. Um, I might get more out of it. And it took some time for me to figure that out. And I feel like if I had had that from the beginning, um, yeah, it might've been even more powerful. And I mean, I don't obviously don't regret anything, but uh, that would have been something and something I would, I would, I definitely would tell other people that it, it will get boring or it's really not for everyone. If you don't have a focus to what, what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And your primary focus is really connecting with people and getting to know people. And yeah, and then that once I figured it out, exactly. Right. And you love beaches. So knowing that you love beaches too is big, right? Beaches. A lot of beaches. Yeah. yeah. Need yeah. those beaches. <laughs> okay. So um, I should mention too that Matt and I are going on your surprise trip next year. And okay, yep. so what inspired you to do? And by the way, it's sold out to anyone who's listening and is interested, but you're probably going to do another one at some point, do you think? Probably do another one. We'll probably, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I was, I, I have to process it all because yeah, I didn't expect it. To. <laughs> <laughs> it sold out within like 12 hours, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Crazy. Uh, so we have no idea where we're going. Yeah. We're putting all of our trust in you, Derek. Um, you mentioned to Matt that there would be cotton candy. Cause you know, I like cotton candy. Right. So that's yeah. good to know. And yeah. I don't need cotton candy. So if it doesn't work out, don't worry too much. I'm not going to be okay. upset. Okay. Um, but I do enjoy cotton candy. And you even found it for me in Romania, which was very cool. <laughs> um, so that's going to be next November and you might do another one. So what inspired you to do a surprise trip? Uh, it came up like during another tour back, I, I want to say like 2019. Uh, just, just the idea came out, just like kind of joking when we, I was just on a, on a tour and group was just talking and like, Oh, that would be funny if you did a surprise tour. And I thought about it. I thought about, it, and I actually did come up with it, uh, in 2020. And I think I released it or announced it. We just, we just emailed people, a few people who had expressed interest from then. Um, I think I literally emailed them like the week that COVID became COVID. So that was a quick, we're not doing that surprise toy. That's out. <laughs> and then it was just in Iraq in March where the idea just popped up again. I was like, hey, did, weren't you going to run a surprise tour? And I was like, yeah, I had the idea. We're going to do it. So I was like, you should totally do it. And I'll, I'll sign up. I would sign up. I would sign up. Next thing you know, Matt gives me money, gives me a deposit right there. I was like, oh, well, well, now I have to do it. I already have a deposit. I haven't even, I just thought about this three minutes ago. So, so you can thank him. I mean, it's really him. <laughs> I so, knew he probably pressured you a little bit. Not that it yeah. required any pressure, but yeah. <laughs> so I just got back after the trip. I, I, I got out and I wasn't leaving the toy. I took some time and I was just like, okay, like maybe this is like real. Like we can... <laughs> Yeah. Or whatever. I don't know. I got this 500 bucks. I got to do something. So, uh, so I was like, Oh, what the hell? Like, uh, I, I have, the, I have the idea already. So I was like, Oh, I'm just going to put it out there. Let me just put it out there. See what happens. What's the worst that can happen. I got to send Matt 500 bucks. So. <laughs> so it's not going to be in Iowa. Right. I mean, I think that's all I know. That it's no, Iowa. no yeah. it will not be in Iowa. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. But that would be a heck of a surprise. It would be a heck of a surprise. Uh, yeah. Save on transportation costs. Uh, you can just use our car. Yeah. I know you have an elliptical, so we'll have a nice session every morning. Uh, yeah, here's a workout space. Yeah, exactly. Very local and unique, for sure. Yeah, yeah. sorry for, the, for your kids, but they if they can find some friends' houses to stay. Uh, those couple of nights, yeah. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So my last question for you is where can people find you? Because everybody needs to know about all your tours if they have any interest in traveling. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they can find me at Wandering Earl Tours is the, is the website. And then I am on social media, Wandering Earl. So Facebook, Instagram, all that fun stuff. Um, yeah. And honestly, if anyone has any questions or anything about child, like I stand by what I say about, I do this because I like to connect with people. So if anyone has questions, needs some advice, you can always write to me. I reply to everything and um, yeah, always happy to help out uh, as best I can. One thing I realized, so your name's Derek, you go by Wandering Earl. Can you just give a quick um, explanation of why? Because that was one of my first questions for you is your name's Derek. Why do you call yourself Wandering Earl? So Earl is my middle name. Um, and it was, I did a very good job of hiding that fact until one day in high school where all my friends were together and, oh, let's tell each other our middle names. And I hesitated and I was like, eh, maybe it's not that bad pretty bad so as soon as i said that my middle name was earl i from that moment on was known as earl by everybody in my hometown um and i remember my mom was like your friend just called and said is earl there and i was like yeah okay you named me so uh so, uh yeah when i started the travel blog i was thinking like well the only people who are going to read this silly thing is my friends and family everybody calls me earl Wandering Earl sounds better than Wandering Derek. I just came up, I was going through names. I was like, this sounds pretty good. And that's as far as I thought it would go. So I was Wandering Earl. And now, now I'm Wandering Earl. Yeah, now you're Wandering Earl. <laughs> now yeah. I'm kind of stuck with Earl. So <laughs> it's okay. This worse. Yeah, I, I, I have to tell this story quick. In high school, my high school boyfriend, I can't remember what his middle name was, but I was asking him what his middle name was. He didn't want to tell me. It wasn't Earl. Um, but I said, well, what is it? Is it X? I came up with right. some random. It was. That was his middle name. <laughs> like, oh, sorry. Yeah, that is pretty bad. <laughs> That's pretty bad. See, now, there are some bad middle names out there. <laughs> but I mean, the girl is better than what it was. I can't remember what it was. But it's anyway. not bad. And it's honestly, there's, there is something to be said to be the only Earl under 100 years old. So it's, I mean, it feels Absolutely. pretty good. Yeah. Good. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're unique so. in so many ways, Derek. Um, thank you so much, Derek. I oh, thank you. I'm so excited about our surprise trip. Um, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. I don't think Matt has put money down for me to go to Iraq next year, but I would like I to go to Iraq so, yeah. with you at some point. Awesome. And um, yeah, so I just encourage anyone who has any interest at all in travel to just look at your site and all your stuff. And oh, real quick. I'm, who who are your 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 favorite clients that you've ever had go on a trip? I'm just curious. Uh, it's the Ziebenbergen couple. Okay, okay. Know them. Yeah, sometimes they travel together, sometimes not. But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they're kind of weird like that. Each their own, but whatever. <laughs> awesome. Okay, thank you so much, Derek. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Dash Mindset Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast player, tell your friends and leave us a review. Follow me on my social media platforms highlighted in the show notes and get in touch with me at thedashmindset.com. Share the topics you'd like me to explore in future episodes. Thanks again for listening to the Dash Mindset Podcast. We'll see you next time. Design and differentiate your Dash, your way and make today amazing.